Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Embracing Enough podcast. I've always said that one thing is for sure, it's that women and girls have some incredible stories to tell. And that's what we do here. We share our stories in the hope that it allows others to feel seen, to feel heard, and hopefully less alone. This is your host, Dina Skippa, founder of Enough Labs, and I am so excited that you're here. I'm an empowerment coach, gender equality advocate, motivational speaker, and a goal-crushing boss. And this show is your guide to all things confidence, mindset, growth, and resilience, all in the spirit of helping you to embrace how enough you truly are. Myself and some incredible guests will be coming to you each week to drop some gems. The goal is to offer you the space in creating a vision that supports you in your relationships, creating work-life balance, and be more aligned with your truth. Our mission is to help you do all of this while embracing how enough you already are and embodying the essence of joy, abundance, and permission every step of the way. Consider me your personal coach through these episodes and think of me as your confidant, your ally, and most importantly, your sister friend. Are you ready? Let's get started. All right, and we are back with another episode of Embracing Enough, the podcast brought to you by Enough Labs. It's your girl, Dina. I am so, so excited to be in conversation with the one and only Andrea Mancuso, hailing all the way from Brooklyn. I am so excited to share the space. Today, we're going to be talking about trust, a little bit of courage, healing, because it's absolutely all connected to, in my opinion, I think Andrea would agree, our overall wellness, which makes sense for what Andrea has created and continues to build. So Andrea Mancuso is the founder and CEO of Intentional Healing and Wellness, a coaching practice designed to support you in discovering you know, the beliefs around accessing your power, trusting in yourself, trusting in your healing journey. And what I love what Andrea always reminds people, including myself, because not only is she my guest today, but she is a dear, dear trusted friend, that healing doesn't have to be linear. And also healing and the vulnerability necessary is sexy as hell. So we are going to get all into it. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Dina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm always grateful and excited to share space with you. Um, and to piggyback off of the last point that you said, you know, healing is absolutely sexy. I am learning that more and more each day, uh, stepping into it more and more each day. But thank you so much for inviting me to be here with you. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Of course. I love what you're creating. I love that we get to be on this journey together and share the highs and the lows. And I, I don't think it's, you know, it's definitely no secret that the both of us, I think, are are on this journey very honestly and vulnerably around unpacking our own stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
knee deep in the trenches. That is for sure. Yeah. You know, intentional healing and wellness is absolutely a business that I created because I needed it, mm. you know, um, and so I am definitely being purposeful about my journey and navigating, you know, what feels like swampy waters at points. But thankfully, I have people like you to um, journey alongside of. So, you know, this is life. I love we are it. doing it. Well, I always like to kick off every episode with guests here at Embracing Enough around your story. Because really the impetus for creating Embracing Enough was all about creating a platform, creating a space where women could share their stories. Because I truly believe that when women share their truth, it allows others to feel more seen and really less alone. So take us back to young Andrea in Brooklyn. You know, what was she about? Oh, what, what, okay. What's Brooklyn, what is it, Brooklyn do or die? Is that right? Um, there's lots of <laughs> okay. lots of little, uh, you know, slogans or whatever that follow Brooklyn. But um, yes, let's go back to uh, little Andrea, as you say. Um, so definitely, I would say I have many stories. And so I'm going to go where I feel guided in this particular moment to share about myself from childhood. You know, I know one of the things that you often talk about is, you know, how a girl's confidence peaks, right, at age nine. So I'm, I'm going to go back to around that time, elementary school, public school here in Brooklyn. Um, third grade, I would say, is when I started to, you know, I have two older brothers and um, lived with my parents, my two older brothers. And you know, my body started changing when I was in third grade. So I started to, I was always tiny. Um, if, if you see pictures of me from kindergarten and first grade, I am the smallest, you know, height wise and little petite, tiny little thing, you know, big, big curly hair. Um, and then in third grade, that started to shift. So I started to, you know, get thicker and chubbier and, um, you know, I remember that being a very difficult time. I, I remember, like, I can remember in this moment things changing for me and being very aware of, you know, the words that were said pertaining to, you know, um, my body, you know, kids in the class and calling things out. And um, I think it's, be it's when I became the most aware of these standards that I wouldn't necessarily name standards, but societal standards and that is definitely when I started to feel like the not enough not good enough not pretty enough not skinny enough you know was born you know really so I would say that that stands out as a significant part of my younger story you know it, it stayed with me in all through the years it's still something that I I navigate and um I am working through and learning to accept parts of, you know, me that I've always sort of, you know, resisted, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, growing up in Brooklyn, I, you know, at elementary school, navigating the things around my, my weight, my body, going into high school, still experiencing that, you know, I was in high school in the 90s. So it was, it was a different time here in Brooklyn. And, um, 
you know, I have always been one to enjoy supporting others. So that was definitely something about me from young age. And um, I neglected me. You know, I showed up for everyone else from a very young age. And um, even in my family, I took on the role of, you know, being, sorry about the background noise, good old Brooklyn. Good old Brooklyn. Um, good old Brooklyn, right? You know, I was always the one to sort of, um, well, do my best to fix things and, and, you know, be for everyone else. And I would say that that is also the point in which I unconsciously really abandoned self. And so those are some things when I think about childhood and think about my upbringing, I'm able to identify as like significant cornerstones of, of who I am and where some of the story, you know, began. And so I, I don't think it's a mistake of how you found yourself working as a school psychologist, right? Within yeah. the New York City public school system. And so you had this story growing up where you sort of the foundation or one foundation, one foundational pillar of your identity was like in helping people. I often think yeah. about like how we are as, as like, you know, our younger versions of ourselves actually set in motion the trajectory of where we're going. So talk to me about what that was, you know, like and how you found yourself in that role, because this is a, obviously the chapter that precedes the chapter we're in now. Yeah, totally. So um, as I shared, I you know have two older brothers, and um, one of them is 10 years older than me, one is six years older than me. And so when I was you know five, my older brother was 15, doing things that, well, <laughs> most 15 year olds in Brooklyn possibly were doing at that particular time, but we were on very different uh, pages in very different, I would say chapters in different books. And so there was a lot going on in my house, a lot of uh, turbulence, disruption, you know, arguments, um, navigating, my parents were navigating what it was like to have, you know, a teenage, two teenage boys and, and me. And so I grew up, in the home really like one minute things were okay the next minute things were not and um i i would say that that likely unconsciously drove my decision to become who i needed you know and so i decided to step into so i knew it was going to be psychology i wasn't quite sure what that was going to look like and um <clears throat> You know, I was figuring things out. My dad, I was 19 years old. My dad was sick and coming to the end of his life. And, you know, we talked about college and I was a sophomore in college and honestly not thinking that I would, I didn't have a plan to even finish because I was too wrapped up with like grappling with what it was meaning to lose him. And he asked me to promise him that I would keep going. And so when I, I knew at that point, like, okay, something psychology based, don't know what that's going to be. And then somewhere along the line, a professor and I had a conversation and school psychology was put on deck. And so, yeah, it was a very, uh, I would say, empowering decision to be able to step into the system and help kids who were going through all different things at home too, you know. And so 14 years as a school psychologist, you know, here in Brooklyn, 
um, predominantly in an elementary school, though I floated at points on some days and was able to spend time with middle school and high school students, you know, and experiencing the gamut of what kids in New York City, particularly Brooklyn, experience. Yeah. You know, so that is definitely the, uh, yeah, where the seeds were planted for being in service. For sure. You, you talk about something that really stuck out for me around, um, you know, with your coaching practice today, you created what you needed. You know, with mm. your trajectory into being a school psychologist, you stepped into what what was needed and what you needed. You know, beyond what others needed from you, what do you think during your young adult years, like, you needed from you through the lens of trust? Mm. Um boundaries I would say is one of the first things that that comes to me um boundaries it definitely is definitely something significant you know being able to draw the line you know pick me you know that was something that I definitely needed to be to be willing and and dedicated to choosing me you know as opposed to waiting to be be chosen or choosing everybody else um in terms of trust really just honing in on you know intuition yeah intuition what you know what is it that i particularly needed in any given moment and i was so busy tending to you know what i thought everybody else needed um and again this is all my story right that potentially didn't even need me but I was so busy being caught up in like doing and handling and fixing and helping and solving that I wasn't able to hear what I needed. So there was a real, um, you know, moving away from intuition and being able to hear, hey, this is what this moment calls for, you know. So the distractions were plenty <laughs> and, you know, the ability to hear what was actually <laughs> necessary <laughs> you know yeah and obviously harris loves to be a part of every single conversation so it, yeah, you know listen. when you when harris you listen when you listen to embracing enough yes. it's if and i have a guest it's definitely three people on because he's always That's a part it. of it harris is like into it he's hearing he all, is he's hearing all this the scoop right he now. is he is no i mean that that piece really sticks out for me when when i hear you say like being so caught up in the doing in the solving in the anticipating what other people needed that that like actually blocks your ability to hear what you truly need and i think going a step further which i feel like you kind of you know addressed this is or spoke to it was if you can't hear what you need then you definitely can't anchor into like trusting that what you need mm is 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 okay that you're safe in yeah. wanting what you you know want and needing what you need yeah absolutely and i would say the other thing that comes up around this for me is um when you are so busy handling and doing and solving everybody else's stuff there's a sweet way out of handling and dealing with your own stuff mm -hmm. right and so I didn't have access to that at that particular time I didn't realize when I was showing up the way I was showing up 
for everyone else that it was a nice way of avoiding all the things that I didn't want to be with about mm-hmm. myself. Um, hurts, pains, you know, all of it, challenges, um, acceptance, all of that's that. And I would say um, the trust is connected to that too, right? Because I think deep down there may have been an unconscious belief that I couldn't handle, you know, rolling up my sleeves and digging into my own stuff. It was too painful. It was too much. Who knew, like, you know, what would kind of come of it? So being distracted and focused everywhere else and, you know, seeing that other people were healing and moving through their stuff and feeling better and handling things, it was like, great, 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 until, you know, it, it sort of hit a peak for me. And I remember having a conversation with my best friend, Frank, and him, you know, pointing out, and Frank always pointed out things that, you know, at the time I didn't want to hear, right? It was, it, I, it occurred as hurtful. It occurred as like, too direct you know um but it was always with love and he basically highlighted you know do you see what what you what's what you're doing you're you're literally focus here focus there focus here focus there and you're not at all looking at all of your own stuff mm-hmm. and i was just like who has stuff <laughs> you know like i was sort of blown away but, you know, at the time, Dina, I was at my heaviest weight. You know, I was about 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And I still have, you know, some, like, pounds I'd like to release. And so I was so, you like, I was so unaware of my own stuff and had moved away from trust in such a way that it was a nice distraction to focus everywhere else. It also makes you feel amazing. Like when you are genuinely, genuinely someone who likes to fix problems, likes to take care of things, it gives you, I mean, I'm speaking personally, I don't know if you agree, but it, it gives you a, a confidence boost. It gives you that, that grounding in, oh, this is, this is where I add value. Yeah. And, and then beyond yeah. that, I don't know what story you were telling yourself I can speak like, cause everything you're saying, I'm like, that's my story too. And yeah. I think it's easier to look at, okay, let me roll up my sleeves and try to find a, a problem, a solution to my, this friend's problem, because that seems fixable to me. My stuff might actually fucking break me. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I actually have I to look at it and, and this is where Harris is getting really Harris into it, like, right? Yeah. 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 Like, who's going to be around to help me? Mm. Yeah. Did you trust that anyone yeah. was going to be there for you? If, like, in the times that you allowed yourself to think about, huh, maybe I should look at my stuff. I think that at the time I was somewhat operating in martyr mode. You know, I, I don't think that I even... It was like, oh, this is sort of my cross to bear. This is who I am, you know. Um, I don't think that I necessarily recognized um, or gave too much thought to, you know, who would be there, who wouldn't. But, I, yeah, I would also go back to what you said and, and say that this idea of um, when you said it feels good. I mean, first and foremost, when you see that, you are able to support people moving through whatever they're going through or, 
you know, to feel better in some way. There is a level of feeling, of feeling good. And second to that, I think it speaks directly to what's coming up for me in this moment is this whole thing of like, oh, so then therefore there's that wanted and needed, you know, experience that, that comes with it. And again, all along at my own, you know, uh, like I sort of went to the, to the wayside in the process um, to no, to no fault of to anybody, you know, but, but the way in which I chose to focus my, my energy. And so it wasn't until, um, you know, a couple of years prior to intentional healing and wellness being launched, I would say mm, about four years before it was officially launched that my intentional healing and wellness journey actually began. You know, I just didn't have words to call it that. And, um, that was the time in which I was absolutely flexing the boundary muscle and really holding myself to keeping my word, which also goes back to where trust went, you know, kind of in the shitter, so to say, because I was such, I was so used to saying I would do something and not keeping my word that on an unconscious level, I didn't, I didn't trust me, you know? So it wasn't until a few years before intentional healing and wellness when I stepped into personal development work where I was, you know, um, introduced to an activity around trust and was sort of looking at like, do I trust other people? Like, I'm not even sure. And then I was really reflecting on, wait a minute, this isn't even about anybody else. This is about me. And it was really when I became aware for the first time of, you know, how much I strayed away from self. So So it was, it was a powerful time. For sure. I mean, and I know from what I know of you and through our friendship, I've definitely, you know, heard from from your perspective what that journey has been like, probably some of the toughest years, but some of the most most rewarding. Right. Absolutely. But I'm, yeah. I'm struck by something you just said. And I had, you know, I, you, you mentioned that you may you, you were questioning, like, do I really trust people? But which question do you think is like more important to ask if there are listeners out there knowing that they're that they have that tendency to reach out and do for people, help people find solutions to their stuff is the question that you need to ask, do I really trust other people or do I trust myself? I would say based on my journey, it's totally about do I trust myself? Yeah. I would say that when I was able to really get clear on the fact that I didn't, right, um, I was able to look at those, that's the exact time in which other people were allowed to sort of run amok, you know, and, and when I really got clear on, because I didn't, I didn't hold them to a particular standard, I didn't allow, I didn't keep uphold my boundaries and so there was violations all over the place and um it was because i didn't implement the boundary and so when i was really able to start to flex the self the self-trust muscle and build it up those other outside these scenarios didn't happen because when i noticed something I would be like, this doesn't work for me when I didn't like something or if somebody hurt me or if some, you know, whether it be intentional or not, there would be a direct conversation around. Yeah, I'm not 
a space for this. This doesn't work. And so other people, look, people are people and things happen, right? And sometimes our feelings get hurt and that's not necessarily the intention. But I would say from a, from a, a broad perspective, when I look at the fact that I started to hold me accountable and, and really focused in on trust, everything else was a non-issue. So based off of your journey, if you were to give advice to someone who's just starting out on, on, on recognizing that they haven't been able to build that self-trust muscle for a myriad of reasons, what advice would you give them in sort of setting, helping them like set realistic expectations of what's, what's to come? What should they brace themselves for? So first, I, oh, it's a great question. Um, first, I would encourage someone to take some time to identify your boundaries. Because I think that oftentimes we have conversations of, you know, upholding them, but we never took time to identify what they actually are. And so I think that a journey, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's valuable to kind of get clear on what are, what are your non-negotiables? You know, what, how do you want to be treated? How do you want your relationships, friendships, family, coworkers, you know, intimate partners, romantic partners? How do you want that to look and feel and really start to be with what you truly want? And I think there's a tendency, I'll speak for myself, of speaking for a long time about what I didn't want. So if you said to me, Andrea, <clears throat> excuse me, um, tell me about your future boyfriend. What do you want him to be like? At, for a long time, I would start by saying, well, I don't want him to be da da da, and I don't want him to be, and I was so speaking into existence all that I didn't want. So I would encourage someone who's listening, who is just beginning and not sure, um, you know, how to navigate trust and step into this whole personal development journey to identify boundaries in terms of generally speaking, get clear on desires. You know, even if you just write them down, what do you genuinely want in the realm of relationships, in the realm of career, in the realm of finances, all of it, wellness, and buckle up. <laughs> and prepare for the bumpiest, most unexpected, you know, curvy, like road trip. And as long as you choose to go on the journey with people who will hold you to your highest and remind you of who you are when you sometimes forget, it'll be an amazing ride. But um, it's not like we say about healing linear. So it's not gonna be this like, oh, steady uphill, like wonderful, Mm -mm, it's not going to be like that. Um, and if you know that as you're starting out, I think that when it happens, it's not as terrifying as when you think like, oh shit, everything's haywire. What's wrong with me? Yeah. It's like, no, you know, that's the journey. It's like my, you can't see me, but I'm like doing a whole zigzag with my hands. Like it's all over the place. Yeah. And I think oftentimes, I mean, you know this, that I work primarily with women and girls and oftentimes we have this expectation, one, that healing should be linear, that we've got to be yeah. able to see the progress in order to like really be in it. And I think there's mm -hmm. an expectation around time. Like, why can't I get this? Why isn't it here? Why don't yeah. I trust myself? And 
not trusting yourself manifests in a lot of different ways. I often compare confidence and trust in a very similar way because it, 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 they both are like a muscle, in my opinion, that you have to work at consistently every day. And no yeah. two days, I think, are going to look alike. But there's Absolutely. this expectation of like, I want to get there faster. So what would you say uh, for, for, uh, for folks who are like, uh, yeah, I need this yesterday? I was just going to say. Because um, <laughs> you know I've been there. <laughs> yeah, listen, me too. Um, totally. I would say, yeah, it's not about getting there faster. Like, I am one of those people who, when I make a decision, I'm like looking around like, oh, wait, how come my results aren't here yesterday? Because it's, it's like, I, and I think that a lot of us can identify with that. We make a decision, so then we hold it as the result should be there, right? It's like, we, what, what do you mean? I decided I want this. And so um, at the beginning of the year, it makes me think of this particular topic. At the beginning of the year, I held a, an event January 1st called The Space Between, uh, turned it into an ebook. And um, really what it emphasizes is that our goal and the result get all of the love but the space between is not really talked about and so the event was really about providing tips 21 tips for navigating the space between um because that's the essence of the journey and so i think that you know one of the tips is you know patience patience is a virtue and i think that when we make decisions it's really recognizing that now the universe and other things have to catch up to where we are and um it's a process so yeah in terms of anybody out there who can identify with deciding you want something and then being like hello where is it <laughs> um i would in this moment you know really call you to step into patience and recognize that um, it's not about the goal, right? It's about who we become in the process of achieving it. And I think that if we make the decision and expect the result to be there in a split second, we lose that whole process, the whole journey. So you all can't see my face, but I am smiling in such a, in such <laughs> a, like, a crazy way. Because what Andrea is saying right now, she is spitting literal gems. And I'm just wondering if there's one person listening right now, I hope she's hearing it. And that person that I'm thinking about is you, Andrea. Yeah, listen. Be because. You know, I am good. I am good at putting it out there, right? And it's Whole not. different thing when it comes to trying it on. I am not calling you out on it, but I'm calling you out on it because yeah, you, do the ex out, you do the exact same thing for me, which, which is what I love about our friendship. What I'm saying is every single thing that you just said bears direct relevance to the season, the chapter that you're in right now where you decided to go all in with intentional healing and wellness. And talk to us about what you just shared and how that shows up for you in this moment right now. Yeah. So, um, Particularly with respect to the part you, about results, <laughs> results wanting it yeah. yesterday. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so I was just going to say thank you for calling me out. I, I appreciate it. There's nothing like, um, you know, not selling out. Embracing you know, the realness. So, exactly. And this is, this is where, this is what it's all about. So yeah, I, um, I would say over the course of the last year, so I, I launched intentional healing and wellness, um, 
I think it's important to share that because I think it connects too. Harris is like, yeah, go for it. So I think that, um, you know, it was May 2020. The pandemic is in full swing here in New York City. My older brother ends up, well, this was April actually. My older brother ends up in ICU with COVID. And I literally end up in fetal position in my bed, not sure of what's going to happen and literally lost access to every single thing, every bit of my training, you know, every bit of my experience, all of it, tools gone. And um, I stayed there for a few days, right? I was definitely like laid out for a few days. And I remember sitting up thinking to myself, you can either navigate the rest of this pandemic, but you have no clue how long it's going to last and what it's going to be like having panic attacks and going through it and, you know, being in bed in fetal position, or you can like sit up and choose to be intentional with your healing and wellness and launch this business and use every single bit of your focus and talent and skill and expertise to pay it forward, you know, and really like live it and then create the space for somebody else. So that was May 2020. Um, best decision that I ever made, you know, did the anxiety and panic go away? No, you know, but I was definitely creating spaces and being purposeful to, um, you know, be in service to the world. And I'm somebody who takes it very serious. So I was committed to walking the walk. You know, and so my life really turned into a real display of intentional healing and wellness at its best. So fast forward from that point till now, I'm very much thinking about, am I going to really go back to the school system? Like I can't, um, so much about me changed during the pandemic and the world. And I was just like, I don't think I could go back and, and like act as if, you know, anymore. And so, um, you know, the voice was getting louder, the nudge was getting stronger, and I decided to uh, <laughs> throw it all to the wind and leap. And I, you know, was very much in a, in a, in a conscious awareness around, um, I think this is going to be one of those, like, dots that Steve Jobs, you know, speaks about, how when you look back, you know, the dots will connect, but when you're looking forward, they don't make sense. And so we're in, the, we're in a pandemic, and I have a stable, you know, position in the school system and I resigned. And so, um, I handed in my resignation on August 16th, 30 days later, you know, September 16th, um, I wrap it up and here I am. And so, yeah, I made the decision to go back to your point. I made the decision to, um, leap and trust that the net would appear and absolutely expected results to show up right away. I was looking around like, wait, I want to replace my salary yesterday, you know? And so it's been a real um, test of every fiber in my being to trust, you know, to trust that my needs will be met, that I will, I am taking action in the ways that I need to, to build a solid foundation for a business that I am passionate about, that I believe is wanted and needed in the world right now. Um, and, you know, I'm up against the pendulum swings, right? So every day it's like, yes, in that direction. And then it's in the direction of, oh, what did I do? <laughs> How's it all going to turn out? You know, see, Harris knows. He gets it. He gets he it. He gets it. very passionate about I this. Feel I appreciate it, Harris. <laughs> He's basically telling you, you got this. Even, yeah, but even you. in those moments that we don't, we don't feel it, 
right? We're, we're always going to have those moments, those days, those weeks where we're just really like the pendulum continues just to, to swing. So yeah. like, I'd love to hear from you in the context of this conversation. Who do you think you're becoming then? Mm. With making this choice and, and your healing journey and all of it, who are you becoming? Who am I becoming? That's a really good question. Um, so I would say, you know, I am becoming a version of myself that is very much connected to intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, a version of myself who is willing to hear a creative idea and go for it, you know, even if that means, I don't know, being there, you know, by my damn self. Um, I am becoming a version of myself who is willing to, you know, be seen, to show up even when I don't feel like showing up, to, you know, choose courage because fear is consistently present and um, especially in the conversation of taking risks and putting myself out there in, in all different new ways, you know, see Harris, thank you. I, he's right on time. Um, who I am becoming. Yeah. You know, it feels good. One thing like in the last 48 hours that I sort of went back, like a whole process, you know, was the conversation around like, again, pendulum swinging in one direction to, 48 hours ago, it was, it was swinging in the direction of, can I do this? You know, do I have what it takes? Um, am I, am I adding the ingredients, the proper ingredients for like a solid foundation and a successful business? Um, and 24 hours later, the pendulum, you know, swung in the other direction of what if every single thing is exactly the way it's supposed to be? And like, you are taking this exact steps that you are supposed to take and everything that's on deck and not present is where it's supposed to be. Like, what if that was just, you know, and so it's, it's such a process. So who I am becoming is someone who is very present to all of the experiences and, you know, somebody who's willing to cry when I feel like Mm -hmm. crying and share that I'm terrified when I am and um, keep going, you know, regardless, and, and just take it all in. You know, that's, that's who I am becoming. So before we close, and I feel like this is a question that I, I intuitively feel like you will appreciate. So when I asked you who you are becoming, the image that I got is like someone I, I mean, I'm already proud to be your friend, but like, I'm so excited for that version of Andrea Mancuso. That's like just there. So who would you have to be as a fan of the work around be do have, who would you have to be in order to become that version of yourself right now? Yeah. So who would I have to be? I would have to be, you know, trusting, vulnerable, courageous leader who is, you know, powerful and risk-taking and grateful, um, 
you know, someone who is fulfilled and experiencing, you know, the magic that this life is delivering. Um, now, you know, just as I am, you know, um, as is, you know, and really connected to like the essence that is the journey, you know, verse, I don't even want to say verses. I don't even want to bring it into the space. So, you know, that is, that is, you know, who I get to be in order to, to turn out. And it's really, I I would say in this moment, it's, it's really about embracing the now, you know, being somebody who's present, right? Like stay present and just be focused on everything that is and trust that, you know, the rest will happen. The rest will come. And also just the same way that you said, what if you could imagine that every single step that you're taking is exactly aligned for, you know, where you need to be going. It all Mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. I'm a strong believer that who you, who you're becoming and who you have to be in order to, you know, arrive at that version of yourself is the exact same thing. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And it, and it calls forth presence. It calls forth trust. Um, it calls forward, like, recognizing the power that you hold that I think oftentimes women are kind of scared to, like, step into. Mm. What will people think? Yeah. What? What will people think? You know, yeah. all the criticism. Totally. Oh, who the hell does she think she is? Totally. All and, that you stuff. know, it makes me think of it makes me think of the the name of your podcast. You know, because in this particular moment, I, when I think about you know becoming, and I think about like who is needed, you know, for the journey, um, I think about being all those things. You know, and 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 potentially given life and given certain experiences like losing sight of some of it but it's almost like you know the clearing of a lens in a sense and all of a sudden you could see and stepping into embracing you know enough and 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 being with i have it all it's all it's all within me you know it's all it's all here and it's a matter of um I don't know, as like, you know, when I think about like the lab conversations of like a little of this, a little of that, a little of, you know, it's experimenting with like the parts of the personality and the, uh, the essence of who I am to get, find like a sweet formula that will deliver the results that I'm, you know, I'm looking to create. So I love that. Thank you. You so perfectly answered the question that I always end every podcast with which is what does embracing enough mean to you? You know, and I think you really just answered that. So I'm going to flip it and ask you a different question related to the topic of this conversation, which is trust. Who do you trust Andrea will be in 10 years? Mm, Who do I trust Andrea will be in 10 years? Um, Oh, that's a good one. So... Where are we speaking of results here? Is that no. the thing or just in no. terms of... No. You know I don't, g- I don't give a shit about results. <laughs> so I would say, who do, who do I trust that I will be? Wait, you know um, why I don't care about results? And I, you know I've had to do a lot of work on this. I don't care about results because getting the results, that's the easy part. Mm. Who do we get to like really get in touch with in terms of 
ourselves, like resolving stuff, like, because this is what it is. No, no, no amount of companies, podcasts, books, accolades, clients, zeros in the bank mean a single thing about how enough you already are. Mm, Absolutely. So, no, I'm not asking you about the results. Who do you trust Andrea will be, though, in 20 years? I mean, 10 years. 10 years, 10 years. Don't don't like speed up my life too much, Dina. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, the word that comes to mind, the first word that comes to mind is serenity. You know, I, I think about me just being at peace, you know, accepting um, all of me, you know, and acceptance was the second word that was coming up in terms of 10 years, you know, thinking about it when I, and it connects to your original question about like the embracing enough, because it's really, I I think I spent so long um, beating myself up and so long holding others, you know, as the prize that I, I got away from the fact that it's been me all along. And so I think, you know, when I think about 10 years from now, it's like I picture my life in a way that has me walking around this earth clear on, on being the prize. And, and so that gets to look a million different ways in terms of results. But what comes with the feeling, because that's how I attribute this question, is like a, a serenity a an acceptance a pride you know um it makes me think of the question that i often ask myself with the work that i do we do um which is who do i get to be so others can be free and so i think about empathy you know i think about compassion i think about courage you know speaking my truth allows for others to speak theirs i think about um you know, making like letting trauma go, you know, and really like being with the hardest parts of our story are the parts that actually make us who we are. And so I think about 10 years from now, it's really being willing and able to, um, you know, have like rocket as a badge of honor, all of it, you know, and, um, I would say that I'm navigating, uh, I, I, I am confident I'm paving the way because, you know, in my own business and in my own podcast, The V-Spot, I've been doing work that I didn't really, I wasn't clear that it would be healing work the way it is. And so I'm experiencing myself week to week in a new way and letting go of, you know, and making peace with. And so um, I'm certain that I am paving the way for the 10 year from now self who is you know proud and excited to still not know (laughs) because I think as long as we are alive and we are navigating this life there's no like figuring it out it's like well what will be up what will be happening at that time that will warrant new adventure and journeying you know so well um, I think it's I think it's beautiful that paving the way for who you're going to be in 10 years is available to you right now. And I just mm-hmm. wanna say that to anyone listening who hears themselves in Andrea's story, like I would say that my hope and intention for them is that they can recognize how available all of those things that they want for themselves in who they're becoming to be available mm-hmm. to them now. So, 
Andrea, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. Let the let the listeners Thanks. know how can they how can they learn more about you, stay up, stay up to you know, up to date with everything that's coming out. Yeah, thank you, Dina. Um, thank you so much, first and foremost, for having me here. I'm super grateful. Um, for anybody who wants to find me, I can be found at Intentional Healing and Wellness on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, www.intentionalhealingandwellness.com. And YouTube. And YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that just launched um, Intentional Healing and Wellness on YouTube as well. And so uh, the V spot is the podcast, you know, that I am now hosting. And that is on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, so, you know, I would love to have you be part of the intentional healing community. And Dina, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's always, you know, an honor to share space and have juicy conversations with you. So I appreciate you yeah. inviting me. Of course. And we'll thank tag you. all of that in the podcast notes. Listen, you need to follow Andrea because she stays dropping gems, and I'm glad you dropped a few of them in this conversation. And as you always say, Andrea, to be continued. Love it. Be continued. Bye. Bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening. I know there are a ton of podcasts out there, so the fact that you check in with this conversation means the absolute world to me. So I hope that you will join us each week, every Thursday when a new episode drops, because really, we're just here having a conversation, looking for new ways to test out how to show up as our confident, badass selves. Because when you think about it, It's all one big experiment, right? Your life can be the lab. You get to find your answer and what feels good for you. If you walk away from this podcast with one thing, let it be you feeling inspired. Inspired to take bold, empowered action on the things that really matter to you. So check the show notes and learn how you can stay more connected with all of the exciting things that Enough Labs is doing. And be sure to rate and review this podcast. You know I live for feedback because this podcast is just one of the many experiments that I am having a blast trying out with. And I'm just here to continue to remind you every week to never stop embracing how enough you already are. Thank you.